Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. You got your boys Mo and Nafi here for another edition of Nickish. Uh, we're happy you guys joined us because, you know, we're in good moods as Nick fans. And it's, you know, no longer is, is that something that we can say is a surprise because this season it looks like uh, game after game our team is finally going to try to win games. And, you know, that got us excited. Uh, how you feeling, man? What's going on this morning? Feeling good, bro. I mean... Like you said, they're not only just trying to win games, they're actually doing it. Three-game win streak, bro. Um, this might be our, I want to say, oh, yeah, I'm looking at the schedule so far. That's our, this is our third three-game win streak of the season so far. And when's the last time we was able to say that? You know what I mean? Um, real talk. I mean, look at these wins. Like, I know the Wizards game, they didn't have Bradley Beal. Rockets game, they didn't have Oladipo. Um, even despite the fact that his production has kind of fallen off. But then the Atlanta game, real talk. You put out a tweet the other night from our account. Like we're we're looking like what exactly what a lot of people thought the Hawks would look like, like a feisty playoff team that's bouncing back from a lotto season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but we have the not the advantage, but like we almost had the disadvantage of not having any big name free agents come in. You know what I mean? They brought in Bogdanovich and Gallo. Look, and our records are pretty much similar. And then we, as far as the Hawks game goes bro we almost mopped the floor with them up until they made like a nice comeback which i could say this now they made a typical fake knicks comeback you know what i mean like the one we we used to make you know what i mean when we were like a hopeless team it really did it was like they went up like by four points and like it brought back memories of just like okay so this is like when we would go up four points briefly against a great team and then just get hammered you know what i mean because you know the the key thing I mean, I'm just going off on a whole tangent after you asked me, like, how I'm doing. But just the key thing I want to take away, and, like, every Knicks fan is just going to, is hammering home right now, is just this man Julius Randle is an all-star. Like, that's the first thing that we need to talk about today before we get into the game. But uh, I feel like you you would, uh, you wouldn't disagree, right? No, this not man at Randall. all. Not at all. And before we dive in a little bit on Randle, you mentioned we are on a three-game win streak. I think those two Miami games are both winnable. I think we lost them by very Facts. small margins, and had we <clears throat> actually came away with the W, the, we, the Knicks would have been on a seven-game win streak. They won five of the last seven games, and that's that's no joke, man. I mean, Houston is, despite the loss of Harden and a brand-new like you know lineup, John Wall's playing at a great level. DeMarcus Cousins looks like he's re- rejuvenated. They have a pretty good lineup on the West, and the Knicks are... You know, the Knicks beat them at a pretty high margin, 22-point win. Um, <clears throat> the Rockets are, you know, they're 11-16 and 16 this season, but, you know, they they went through a whole change. Atlanta, they're not a bad team. They're not supposed to be a bad team. They're right now 11th in the league, uh, or 11th in the uh, East. And, um, you know, the Knicks are taking it to every team that they, that they go up against. Randall, man, I mean... Wh- I'm gonna echo what R.J. Barrett said. What else does he need to do to be in, to be uh, an All Star? I don't know if R.J. said that actually. He said something like that. 
But um, I think the whole team said that, bro. You yeah. saw like half the team was up at the post game podium with them. You know what I mean? That was beautiful to see. Yeah. The camaraderie, just like the friendship this team seems to have, bro. And beautiful. Something that struck me for Randall was the post game interview. He started off the interview with saying, you know, I, I felt like a lot of last year's losses were on me. I, I feel like I mm. let down my team. I'm like, fuck, man. I, I felt so guilty when he said that. I'm like, damn, man. I'm one of those guys who was just <clears throat> going at Randall for, for everything. And the fact that he's willing to shoulder the responsibility on his monster-sized shoulders, it is it is a sign of growth. And, you know, outside outside of the court, the, the guy has grown up to a man now and he he's basically embodying everything that Knicks fans want the grit the uh the comeback the playing hard every night in all facets of the game he we last year we used to call him and call him alligator arms but he's crashing boards every single night <laughs> he's bodying everybody so Randall it, you know all-star MIP should 100% be in the race for it and you know if the Knicks continue to win then you know, even even higher honors is what Julius Randle deserves right now, man. My whole thing with, the, to be fair to both us and just the whole legion of Knicks fans that were just harsh on Randle, that's one of the things that like I want to chalk up as a as as a positive of the Knicks fan base. I know we're most generally I want to sh- talk about how like there's a lot of chicken littles in our fan base, how we are mad reactionary, but. When it comes to holding players accountable, like if you're literally like disappointing, playing like a dumbass, you're gonna get booed and you get called out. You know what I mean? And that's why they say New York's such a tough place to play. We're not like some bumblefuck city in in Wisconsin where we support our hometown team no matter what blindly. You know what I mean? Where I want to say generally, New Yorkers as as basketball fans are pretty savvy. So like, you know, Randall said it himself. It what he did feel like it was on him, and partially I'd say you know Fizdale was mostly to blame. But there was also just, like, there's an awareness Randall is showing now that he, he didn't have last year. And I want to give that, obviously, Tibbs and Kenny Payne will get credit for that. But as an individual, Randall did not really show, like, peak basketball IQ last year. Um, he might just have been doing exactly what Fizzle wanted him to do. Just, like, yo, just get to the rim, body up, you know what I mean? And he was trying to get to the rim at all costs. He was doing that spin move. And, yo, the fact that this man was, you good? That's yeah. that COVID? You know what I mean? Nope. All right. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so just like how Randall just kind of, it's crazy how he was a punchline last year, just like the, like the Beyblade, what was it, our, our guy Iru from the Dead Hard Next podcast called him the Beyblade, <laughs> you know what I mean, shout out to Iru, because he was like a spinning top out there, you know what I mean, and this year it's like, I could, I could probably count on one hand how many times he's used that spin move, you know what I mean, it's almost like a night and day player in terms of awareness and basketball IQ, so I want to give him credit for what he is now, but I also want to like, give the Knicks fan base and us credit for, yeah, you know what? We held him accountable for his his kind of uh, disappointing play last year. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, that's not some ego shit. I don't want to be like the fan base that takes credit for great players being great players. You know what I mean? But it's like, if there was no heat, that, I mean, that's part of the thing of being a Knicks fan and come and play for the Knicks. There's that pressure. You know what I mean? It's not like we're Brooklyn. We're like, they have three superstars right now, and they could barely get back page like headlines. You know what I mean? Just because like we're actually playing half decent, you know. So I think you know to your point. Yeah, I feel bad that we were so harsh on Randall because like you could go back and listen to our preseason pods. We were literally willing to give him up for like package him with Dennis Smith and a second round pick to get like Buddy Batum Hill. and like a first round pick. And yo, my Buddy Hill takes were uh, looking like pure garbage right now. They were iffy back then, but. I mean, who, who, 
like, how was I to know that Randall would turn into this, like, nice of a shooter? He's taking 4.4 three-pointers three a game, yeah. shooting it at a 40% clip. That's that's nasty, bro. Like, his all-around all game, you know, it's crazy at, the, at this point what he's become, you know? And he's got to be an all-star. That's the easy thing to say. I think last day, or yesterday was the last day of voting, right? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, we did our part, you know, who's campaigning on our next Twitter account, retweeting as much as possible, you know, you know what I mean? Try to get the big dog paid, but real thing, real quick, what I want to say is, I'm kind of worried, though, like, we both, we all Knicks fans think he's an all-star, but I saw an article from Kevin O'Connor yesterday, and typically I like his analysis, but it, I read, he had a line about Julius Randle that when I read, I was just like, oh, okay, so you haven't been watching every Knicks game then, because he was like... Oh, Randall is in a group of players with Sabonis and Vucevic where he's like an offensive hub for his team. And uh, he's been looking great offensively, but he still makes too many defensive mistakes. And I'm just like, Randall? This year? Like, that's one of the things that's crazy is just like he's defensively stepped up to a level that I didn't think would be possible for him. I mean, I was willing to give up and just be like, all right, he'll just be one of those one-way power forwards, you know what I mean? But he's literally like, there was a point in the Hawks game where both Taj and Noel were in foul trouble and Randall had to play center. He was, he was looking decent as an anchor out there, you know what I mean? He blocked the shot at the rim, rotating, you know what I mean, um, calling on defensive sets. I don't know. Kevin O'Connor, I don't know what he what he's watching, but he hasn't been watching if he thinks, like, Randall's making bad defensive mistakes this season. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and, like, I'm, I'm starting to hear analysis be making kind of excuses here and there now against the Knicks. What you just mentioned is one, and another example, I it was a Zach Lowe podcast. I forgot who it was. I don't know if it was Zach Lowe or his guest, but they're like, you know, the Knicks are playing top five defense right now, but really, how long is that going to last? How often are the Knicks going to get this lucky that opposing teams are going to miss, you know, these shots? Now, granted, to an oh, extent, boy. granted to an extent, they are correct because there were, uh, you know, cal- you know, statistically-wise, there are a number of open shots that teams were missing that goes to the Knicks, you know, favor, but you can't. I mean, who am I to say that these guys can't be looking for reasons why the Knicks can't be good? I mean, the Knicks are a hot topic, <laughs> and if they're going to hold the team accountable and at least try to open light to all fans on whether or not the Knicks are actually a top three or so defense, sure. But it's starting to seem like an opportunity for analysis because they can't shit on the Knicks fans. They're going to look for cracks in him. And, you know, whatever the case may be, as, as long as the guys continue to win, um, I'm I'm cool with that, but no, Randall de- defensively, he's he leads the team in minutes. He's one of the league leaders in minutes, and yet the team that he plays for is one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. And you know it, it's not gonna, it doesn't start with him, but he hasn't been he hasn't been bad at defense. That's something that Knicks fans all look for and look at as defense. Exactly, and exactly. I don't think I've ever seen anyone, you know, in a couple of months even call him out for bad defense. I don't know if it's just me, but I haven't seen anything. From any yeah, so that creators. just feels like, like I, I feel like Kevin O'Connor, like, like I said, I usually like his analysis, especially on podcasts, and his writing is pretty good, especially around draft time. But this feels like one of those moments where like a national NBA writer who has to keep up with the whole league is kind of missing the nuances and finer details of when you follow strictly one team or a couple of teams, you know what I mean? Because I haven't even heard any, like, real harsh criticism of Randall's defense from our beat writers and half those dudes are like brain dead idiots that would look for anything to nitpick you know what I mean like 
Um, I've got I Solo blocked on Twitter, but I definitely haven't seen anything sassy about a Randall from him. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. I think this might be just one of those, like, like uh, air balls on Kevin O'Connor's part. You know what I mean? When it comes to an- analysis. But, put yeah, I just feel like, I, th- like he's definitely not going to be a starter, Randall. But I think the coaches most definitely should recognize what he's doing. Um, especially given the fact that, like, if he's battling out with somebody like Sabonis, I mentioned, for that all-star spot. I mean, Sabonis got Brogdon, and yeah, they had Oladipo for a bit, but he's gone. But then they also have Miles Turner, you know what I mean? They've got uh, pretty much the same team that, that they had the last two years that were in the playoffs consistently, you know what I mean? And But this year, Randall's taking a team that was expected to win, like, 20 games, and he's got us at the same record as the Pacers, pretty much. So that's my argument right there, cause, because their numbers look almost identical it's just randall's a better shooter better passer it seems like so i don't know it would be it would be foolish for for him to be left off the all-star team this year and i would be shocked because honestly we're a big market and adam silver would love to have the new york knicks rep- represented i feel like at a this all-star game which by the way i think it's dumb they're having one but we already know what it's all about money over everything right yeah and so. they have a they have a skills competition i'm pretty sure they have a three-point shootout slam dunk contest like they're nice, but during a you know pandemic, they're not necessary. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, I get it. You guys got to play the game to recoup some of your mon- money losses, but why would you do extra when you don't have to? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you got your face here, Lee, LeBron saying it's a slap in the face to play the All-Star game. I feel like that's kind of a big deal. Have they mentioned when these <laughs> you know guys mean? get their shots? Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them already got it, like on the low, lowest of keys. I'm kind of like shocked very, that very low key. I'm kind of shocked that it have to be lowest of keys. They're being forced to play. They're not, they're not essential workers, but they're guys who are funneling in a lot of money for you know an industry, and they are risking Checks. their lives playing the game. You know, no one's wearing masks. They should be getting I, their shots. I think what it is is just like I think. Low-key, I have no way to prove this. This is just all speculation. I feel like the biggest stars got the vaccines, but they're not going to put it out there because it's like uh, PR-wise, it looks bad. Like, oh, these built these millionaires, multimillionaires cut the line ahead of poor folk to get the vaccination during a, a harsh time in our country. So I, don't, I think they, if, if they did get vaccinated, like somebody like LeBron, they're not going to let it leak. You know what I mean? Especially somebody like LeBron who controls the media and what comes out from his camp. It sounds wild that I say he controls the media, but you get what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's there's definitely those clutch um, sports reporters out there that like you. They specifically drop news about clutch clients, and it's just so obvious to point out now. Like Shams, Chris Haynes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's like LeBron's boy, but that's that's neither here nor there. But you want to talk real quick about the Rockets and Wizards game, or you got some other Atlanta takeaways? Do we, do we even I know talk we gotta, about Atlanta? No, we were just kind of just fawning over Randall, honestly. My bad, but uh. <laughs> Look, I mean, another story of the game I'd want to say is RJ looked good as well, bro. Come back. Um, he's he's b- bouncing back because, I mean, this is what I was kind of saying uh, maybe a week or two ago where there was maybe a little bit of all-star buzz for RJ. I'm just like, I think he'll be streaky all season. But then the high points, it'll look very tantalizing. It'll look like it'll have you salivating like, oh, yeah, this is this kid is 20 and he's doing this. And then the downside, it'll, it'll just look ugly. And... RJ's downside, like, it, it, we kind of sided the fourth quarter yesterday where Tibbs brought him back in. His first shot was, like, a mid-range Jimmy, and that shit airballed. Mm-hmm. But then right after that, he hit back-to-back corner threes. You know what I mean? Kid is cold-blooded. You know what I mean? He's even keel, and um, I was just glad that he showed out, had a bounce-back game, and also glad that Tibbs actually played him in the fourth quarter. Because I remember, I think the last few games, he's been sitting RJ, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. 
Yeah, in the fourth quarter, correct. Yeah. Yep. Any thoughts on RJ? Yeah, I was Real looking at the box tied. score. I started bugging out because I didn't see like Derrick Rose, and I realized I was looking, I was looking at the wrong box score. Um, <laughs> no, I, Emmanuel quickly is another guy. He came in and oh yeah, trying to see how many oh, points yeah. he scored because the last two games he he's been missing very little shots. He, he's playing extremely efficiently. And um, hold on. Four threes in both the Wizards go. and yep. Rockets yeah, game. Yeah, he scores 16 points in, in another Atlanta game. So is this the same one? Okay, never mind. Yeah, four, four of 11, four of eight from the three. I mean, the kid, I think, missed only one shot the last game. He's playing very well with Derrick Rose, who's coming in and playing exactly what he, what he you know, is meant to play as, uh, who also scored eight points. And you, you see the effect with, with Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly and – and D Rose, and they're coming in. There's a there's a vibe going, and it feels like we're watching two separate teams. We got the starters <coughs> with their own like storylines with Randall and RJ, but then we have the storyline with D Rose and IQ and and Toppin and what's going on there. And there's I feel like there's an equal level of excitement when one set of players are in, on the court and the other set of players are on the court. So much so that it, it it's it's working out. You know, like 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 you Facts. like you said, three games in a row. The two Miami games were definitely winnable, and they didn't come away with it. It could have been seven games in a row. The kind of recipe that they have going on right now, and because Derrick Rose is playing as well as he is, there's a lot less pressure now for Tibbs on who he's starting because at the end of the day, he's ending it with, with IQ so far um, and D. Rose. And the whole Alfred Payton kind of narrative is kind of – I don't want to say it's not. It's definitely not dwindling down, but it's become more accepted. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. I don't want to say that. Yeah. I don't want to say that just because. Like I feel like what's gonna become clear. It's only still new that Rose is here, but like it's, if if this Rose IQ like duo sticks together on the bench for the foreseeable future, it's just become. It's gonna become clear what kind of decline you get at that point guard position when Peyton uh, comes back in the game, you know what I mean? Because, like, we, it almost feels like a, a like a dogfight with the starters, you know what I mean, with whoever we're playing on the other end. But then when the when the second unit comes in, it's almost like they blow the doors off the other team's second unit or even starters, you know what I mean? And that's a pretty drastic difference. You know, I'm not looking at the numbers exactly, but that's just how it feels the last few games, yeah. you know what I mean, when you watch, the, watch them play. I think in Miami, like, they had, like, what, 30 to 10 run or something like that. It was, it was wild, you know what I mean? It was like... Um, just out the blue, D Rose's first game. So, I just think, I don't know. I just feel like I buy into the Bagley and uh, um, reports, and even the Woj reports that like Peyton is getting some consideration from contenders. And I so. feel like, I just feel like with also Rose getting these fourth quarter minutes lately, it's like Tibbs doing a trial run of what his closing lineup will be without Peyton. You know what I mean? Because Peyton was getting a good bit of closing minutes before Rose arrived. Um, to to our detriment, actually. Um, I think it was that Miami game that really pissed me off when yeah. he brought him in, and we just lost that lead. Yep. So, I don't know. I just feel like you're right. Like, it feels like the good vibes are overpowering the Alfred Payton hate. But, you know, we're not an elite team yet, so I feel like there will be a downturn coming. Knock on wood, it won't be anytime soon. But when that downturn comes and Payton's still here, everybody's going to crane their neck over and look at that look at that dude and be like, yo, that's why are you still here? You know what I mean? So... I just want to hold off on, like, you know, the Peyton compliments. Or not compliments, I'm not, I'm not but just, like... I'm, it is... 
I'm saying, like, basically what you just said. It's because we're playing so well that the whole narrative right, right, isn't right. heard of as much. There's not much blame that's necessary to be made because the Knicks are winning. You're right, you're um, right. But, yeah, I mean, if if IQ continues to outperform Alfred, which he already is, it's going to start to it's, it's going to start to be in question if the Knicks start to lose again. But if they continue to win, which tonight they're expected to against the, uh, the, the, the Magic and um, – I, I gotta see the rest of the schedule, but um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. And the trade deadline, I think, is in a month. And I think Alfred and maybe Austin Rivers are two guys that uh, opposing teams are looking at. Maybe maybe even Frank as as players that they might want to ship off and trade. Um, speaking of schedule, I know before we start recording, you you had something to say about the schedule. Oh yeah, I was just wondering where the hell the NBA is gonna announce the second half of the schedule because we're like. Game 29, right? We just had game 29. There's only 36 games on the first half schedule. They haven't announced anything. So I don't know if they're waiting until after this bullshit All-Star game uh, happens. And then that's when Adam Silver would drop the news. Because you notice that's one of the things that's been a, a key for the Silver um, administration. Talking about him like he's a president. But like <laughs> they kind of time shit on the NBA schedule so that that one thing takes up the attention of the media. Like the draft got moved back a little bit or like the free agency got moved up a little bit to the point where like you could have the draft one week free agency the next week each getting their own like spotlight so i think he's probably doing that where like after the all-star game boom drop the new schedule get some buzz get the twitter and social media feeds going morning but not gonna lie real quick yeah i mean honestly it's good business it's just annoying because like i want to know what the hell like (laughs) i want to like it just feels like the season's over in March now because looking at the schedule. But real quick, we didn't get to touch on it at all. And I think this kind of goes to a point we made a while back about this player. He's playing so good, or we almost don't even have to talk about him. But Mitch broke his hand 46 Word. weeks. Word. Um, it just, that's how good the vibes are around this team. Because, you know, with Noel in the game and Taj manning that center spot, we don't, I don't want to say we, we, we're not missing a beat because what Mitch brings to the table is super crucial. But Noel, when he's looking good like that, he's looking like a great fill-in, like a great substitute teacher. You know what I mean? But Mitch, I think in the long run, you know, I mean, like I said, there's only like what seven games left in the schedule. He probably be good by the second half of the schedule, right? But in the long run, I think it will hurt us. You know, um, he's our defensive anchor, and he was just having a great game, a great season, really. But then that Wizards game, he was balling out, bro. He was destroying them. Yeah, he like broke a his double, hand. Double and I just first half. Yeah, he was. Yeah, exactly. He was on his way to some crazy. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he had like a twenty twenty game. You know what I mean? <laughs> just off easy looks at the rim and like rebounding shit out of the ball because the Wizards had nobody in there that could like body him or stop him. He made he made Robin Lopez look like a like a schmuck really when he tried to post him up and Mitch is like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it was disrespectful, honestly. But yeah, man, I hope the the kid heals up quick and um. This is going to sound horrible, but this might actually help us in contract negotiations. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you only started one year, then you got hurt. So, I mean, show, show, you know, give us a discount, Mitch. You know what I mean? Maybe, <laughs> I mean, does he have an agent anymore? Is he, like, buying this shit solo? Going to me by himself? I don't know. I mean, Mitch and his people might just be on a mission and just, like, you know what? Every agency that when we go interview with them, they, like, wine and dine us. So we'll just get wine and dine by every agency. <laughs> so he's about to have, like, a total of 20 agents by the end of the year, probably. But I'm just glad it's not Rich Paul anymore because that man would have bled us dry. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? He would have been like, yo, Mitch, the next Rudy Gobert slash Joel Embiid, give him $200 million, some shit like that. Because he gets dudes paid, bro. I'll give Rich Paul and Clutch that, that 
that they'll give a lot. I give them a lot of credit for that. You know what I mean? They they get dudes paid. But um, yeah. I mean, we got Orlando next, and yeah. I mean, do you you have any other thoughts, or do you want to wrap this episode up because it is kind of early in the morning, and we gotta both get to our respective jobs. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Orlando Magic. Cole Anthony just got injured, so they don't really have a point guard anymore. So. There's a game that is quote-unquote winnable or should be won. Tonight's the night, and you hope that the Knicks come away with their fourth straight W. Uh, Vucevic is playing at an all-star level again, um, and he's like one of those guys like Savonis where they're kind of just under underrated, underappreciated. You kind of just don't notice that they're you know playing as well as they are playing. And without, I think if we're ever going to miss Mitch, we're definitely going to miss him tonight. I think Vucevic is going to eat tonight. Um, at least in his own statistical categories. Nerlens Noel is playing really well, but Nerlens is no Mitch. And, um, yeah. you know, he's, he's very active, but Vucevic can do a lot on the court. And he's the the offense is going to be circling him tonight. So there's going to be a lot of attention on Nerlens Noel and how he how well he's going to stack up against him. But it's going to be tough. Nerlens had five fouls last game, and Vucevic will probably get him back up to that high number again tonight. So I'm going to be looking out for that. Yeah, facts. This low-key might be a game for Taj just because I feel like he's a little more stronger than Noel to match up against Vooch. But, you know, regardless, even when we do have Mitch, Vooch would show out. You know what I mean, he's like one of those centers that, quote-unquote, Mitch would struggle with. And I don't even think it's just like a strength thing anymore. I think it's a stylistic thing. You know what I mean? Because um, it's, so, it's almost like those low-post beasts like him, Drummond, and Sabonis are like rarities because every other center almost feel like nowadays is just like a rim runner or a stretch five or you know a low key version of those players but yeah definitely got to watch out for Vooch tonight and I mean the one advantage we have really is just Orlando doesn't really seem to have any healthy point guards you know no faults Aaron no Gordon's Cole Anthony yeah so I mean shit um it'd be interesting and you know real quick I want to make a side note I thought it was interesting, like, the Wizards rested Beal against us. And I don't know what was up with Oladipo, but I don't know if he was rested too. Did you catch that? Both both guys are targets of the Knicks, mm. and against us both, mm. they get rested. You know what I mean? So, why would why would Beal suddenly get rested against us? Because. Wow, well, yeah, I didn't. I, I noticed a Beal one. I was like, all right, I mean, dude's, like, balling out, dropping 60, 50 a game. He might be tired. Yeah. But Oladipo. I thought it was injury-related, but I didn't think about the two at the same time. Very interesting. Yeah, because it was back-to-back, you know what I mean? So I don't know if that's, like, the both front offices talk, like, yo, just in case, let's have some discussions over the, I don't know, that day when we play each other, see if something can happen. If not, well, you know what I mean? I mean, like, if that's their way of convincing to, for them to hold off on their best player playing the game <laughs> for the Knicks to get a, an easier win, shoot, that's smart, too. Um, it might just be like, yo, we might actually trade for this guy, so don't play him because like, we don't want him to get roughed up by our guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. We're just delving into conspiracy theory there. But, yeah, it did catch my eye. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So something to watch, you know. Um, I low-key don't want a Beal trade, though, bro. Like, I kind of want to, like, make a note of that because it's going to cost us RJ. And I'll sound like one of them Homer fans, but I don't know if I'm ready to give up on RJ as our, as our final note before we close out. What do you think? I feel like I said this on an episode before. I think I said like on two K, I I would I would do it, uh, give up like R J and like the Dallas pick, um, but not nah, in, in real life. I mean, Beal Beal's an excellent player. It's it's hard to 
you know, vote against him, but at the same time, his team has never been good. And they've made a playoff appearance once or twice with him and John Wall, and I don't think they ever made it past the second round. Um, yeah, if we're, if we're going to give up the farm, if we're going to give up multiple young assets, I, I don't, I'm less inclined to be down. And I'm more inclined to give Julius the bag for, for an extension. Yeah, I mean, with Julius, we'll see. That's a conversation for another episode. But I'll definitely pick up his option and then discuss various types of bags in the next summer. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, I think that, that about does it for us. Um, we got Nikish at night coming up, right? You want to kind of drop a teaser for that? Yeah, kind of a, a big guest, no? He's a, uh, a certain producer, has his own show. And, um, yeah, he's very, very involved with Nick's content um, and is heavily involved with other Nick's content creators and just a, just a well-known guy, pretty good. Uh, he's a good guy as well, and, um, you know, he's, he's, he's well-known on Twitter. So I think a lot of you guys listening to us, if you, if you follow Nick's Twitter a lot, you'll definitely recognize our, our guest for tomorrow tomorrow's edition of Nickish at night so we're really excited to bring him on and um make sure you guys prepare yourselves for <laughs> thursday uh, <laughs> february 18th <laughs> at 8 p.m only on sportscaster link is in our instagram bio uh make sure you follow us on sportscaster so you're always aware of our Nickish at night guests every thursday 8 p.m um but yeah for those guys listening please make sure you subscribe on all podcasting platforms and you follow us again on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show. We appreciate you guys uh, checking us out, and we hope you continue to check us <coughs> out. Um, until next time, you have any final messages? Um, shout out to the MBK fam. Yep. You know what I mean? We we still we still riding with the the nothing but Nick's crew. Um, sure. I know Sim is out there pumping out pumping out content on both his YouTube page and Sportscaster, and check out the MBK site. I think uh, that's that's live right now. It might still be kind of in progress, but definitely check that out. And yeah, otherwise, you know stay safe out there we still hopefully at the end of a pandemic but a pandemic nonetheless you know what i mean all right take care everyone peace peace